Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am joined by my friends Brian Hooper and Blenderhead. Brian, one of the big simbros in the DFS scene. Blender, a longtime professional, semi-professional DFS player. Always enjoy talking to these guys about DFS. We got deep into the nitty-gritty of sims and how to win at DFS in 2023, how the game has changed, and uh, I think both of these guys obviously are very smart and pretty good at their respective paths inside of DFS, so it was interesting to get their perspectives. If you want to support this show, you can always support us by signing up on Patreon, patreon.com slash TakeCast. You can tell a friend about the show, or you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome in to the TakeCast. I've got with me Brian Hooper and Jordan Cooper, Blenderhead. Uh, we are we're going to talk some DFS. We're going to talk Sims. We're going to talk Showdown. Uh, by the end, maybe we'll declare DFS dead. Maybe we'll declare it undead. We will. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk Star Wars. Uh, I mean, maybe we will later. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Jordan is a Star Wars viewer. Probably not. He's too. He's too busy hosting his wrestling podcast. Um, so Brian, we're here. NFL starts this week, and uh, if you want to run Sims, you can run them anywhere. You 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 can you can run them on Establish the Run. You can run them. Does Jordan? Does Roto Grinders have a Sims tool available? Uh, they, they may at some point, I, 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 I've heard a little birdie. I haven't looked at it or know what the hell's going on, but, uh, okay. I'm, that's, I'm, that's why I asked. Cause I knew they, they had been tinkering with it to see if it was even something they wanted to offer, but I didn't remember if it ever, uh, if, if it's out yet or not. So would, would, you be being... surprised, would you be surprised to know that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a sim bro. Yeah, that's a little surprising to me. That is, I, I think I find that to be a little surprising because to me as a non-SIM bro or someone who I guess, Brian, if you showed me the outputs from your SIMs in terms of what they said was optimal or not, I think I could create good lineups based off that. But, which is sort of what interpreting projections is anyways, when you interpret the projections, both the points and the projected ownership. But in terms of like actually running Sims, I, I would have no fucking clue where to begin. I mean, I think that's how good players sh- should play is just leveraging the new tools with their knowledge. Like if you're if, if you're like petty theft level, I would build my own and then leverage it that way. I wouldn't even use like any of these public ones. So um, it's pretty cool, Davis. You should at least try to look into it i think but try try to look into building sims no just using yeah just seeing if you can get a sub somewhere and then oh oh i mean yeah i do that 
and I have done that for for showdown stuff. Um, but I don't. Well, also most of the contests I play are single entry, um, which I don't know how to run Sims for hundred dollars spy single entry or whatever. I know how to do like optimal percentage versus projected ownership and stuff. Like I look at all of that, but I don't. Like I maybe this tool exists, but I don't know of a site where I can say what is actually the optimal lineup considering ownership and the 4,000 other people I'm playing against, what is the optimal lineup for the spy on DraftKings or whatever? I mean, maybe that exists. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should just explain what Sims are like more in depth. It's well, yes, you should. So like the, you know, five years ago or so, no one was doing any of this stuff, maybe a little longer than that. And then eventually some people started doing Sims and there's kind of two kinds of Sims that were popular. I call one the like a race horse simulation and that is like uh, you're basically going like position by position and running uh, a distribution of some kind like if you had could do play by play that's what you'd want but otherwise you just have some sort of distribution usually using you norm normal distribution is really in in some sports like uh very common to use even though it's not entirely accurate it's better than nothing and then it'll show like at tight end travis kelsey will be optimal, AKA score the most points in this racehorse sim versus all the other tight ends 37% of the time tonight. This is kind of a common thing people would do. And then they go, he's owned uh, 20% and like, okay, I'm going to go over because he wins way more than that. Things like this. That was like the simplest version. And then the one kind of inside baseball one that you either have to figure out yourself or maybe through talking with other pros, people kind of figured out how to do it. I think it's a combination of those two um, was you're trying to guess the actual field. Like what will the field look like generally speaking, you know? Uh, so there's 37% or 20% Kelsey. We know, okay. What do those Kelsey lineups look like? Look like. Well, they're probably pretty correlated with Pat Mahomes. How correlated are they? How many times is it going to be, you know, and what, what is the salary distribution look like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, of all of, of a field that you would likely use. And then what field are you playing? Are you playing the Millie or are you playing, uh, you know, the spy or something like that? And so it gets really, really more and more complicated and you're trying to guess what the field will look like. And then from there, there's a whole bunch of different ways you could do it but you're trying to compare realistic lineups that you would use versus this fictitious field. Right. And then this is, this is just like that, that, that horse race sim, but just on a way more complicated level where you're comparing lineups and all the interactions of these distributions. Like you said, the difference between, and blenders talk about this since like his first videos, the difference between a mean projection and like an actual distribution they, they look a lot different. Like when a wide receiver, you know, catches two touchdowns versus he could get zero, you know, like what is, what do all these distributions look like compared to each other, compared to what a realistic feel will look like. And then it spits out an ROI or you could, you can measure it a few different ways, but most people use ROI. And then it spits out a bunch of lineups and and now all this is public. So this is basically, this is what Saber Sims doing. They give you a field of 5,000, a fictitious field of 5,000 lineups. Then you could build 5,000 lineups and compare them if, if they ran in that field. 
and like what their ROI would be if you entered this one. Then what if you what if you entered so this? So it's one? the five thousand lineups competing against one another, not those five thousand lineups in the Millionaire Maker, and they're theoretically being that against a hundred thousand other lineups. It depends on the site. But I think so, that to, just to just to clarify, because I've looked at all of them, that the main reason I'm not a Simbro with these tools is that to, we'll talk about this one that we'll talk about right now, but I have a bigger problem with the second one is that I'm not sure if the methodology of the simulations are way blunter than you think they are. So SaberSim does it the independent methodology, which I think is the better methodology of here's, here's the field that we expect. And you could create up to whatever amount of lineups and we will simulate each individual lineup inside of that field. So basically the, the lineups compared to each other. So if you're going to play 150, obviously your first lineup is competing against the second lineup, right? Which is competing against the third lineup. But if they're not going to be, are they going to be represented in the field? Are they not going to be represented in the field? They're doing it on a very independent basis. Most of the other stuff like stochastic, is you create the field and then we'll just show you the ROI and the and the payout distributions because it's not just raw ROI of like, oh, 200% ROI, but that's like when it wins once and then it doesn't cash a ton of other times. So even these numbers, this is the main reason why, why more people are going to get, I don't want to say screwed, but they're going to look at this stuff and not understand the context. And I think- you see that with with Brian, what he said about comparing optimal rates versus ownership. I use this example all the time in NBA, and Brian knows this completely. In NBA, you you'll, you'll look at Stochastics top whatever, right? Oh, Jokic, twenty seven percent chance to be optimal. Embiid, twenty four percent chance to be optimal. Twenty one percent for LeBron James. Oh, Luca is eighteen percent, and they're like, I gotta play these guys. It's like. Well, this is a slate where there's like a 3K player that is like like projected, you know, one of those, you know, one of those times, 40 minutes, someone's out and he's projected for God knows how much. Like the only reason these expensive centers and expensive small forwards are going to be optimal is because they're in lineups with that 3K player when the 3K player puts up 40 points. So if you look at that simulation output, it may look like, oh, this 3K player is going to be 82% owned, but he's only in the optimal 72% of the time, he's like, oh, I'm going to fade that guy and I'm going to play double center, expensive center. It's like, no, once you take out that 3K guy from the lineup, all those expensive centers, optimal rates go significantly down because the only reason they're in optimal lineups is in combination with this other player. So simply looking at that while it being a blunt way of trying to decide who to play, you really need to look in the context of a full lineup and I think that with these simulation tools, people will be spitting out these ROI numbers on lineups, even if you got the field representation right, and not understand that that the highest ROI lineups are really going to be these fucking risky high. Like like in MLB, you'll see the 0.5% owned stack be the highest ROI lineup because they should be 1.2% owned. And if you just simply go by that, I mean unless you have a massive bankroll or something, you're you're going to be playing portfolios that are insanely, insanely risky. And people may not realize that the lineups that only have like a 22% ROI, 
Like you're probably better off playing more of those because they retain more equity in the contest while their win, their win rates, you know, aren't that bad either. I, I think Brian, you would agree with me because I take a look at, uh, at winning player MME portfolios and other than some examples on some certain slates, you know, most top MME players are, are fairly diverse and they do include some chalky lineups that may not have a whole ton of leverage. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I, I do think you're um, exaggerating a little bit. I think uh, most solid Sims will still have some just like pedestrian good lineups in the 150 mix. It's not it's not all long shots. I mean, that's but but I mean, I think that the point for the like the average customer is not going to get that. Like, right, right. Well, that's the point that I'm making is that without I get, context, I, I you're going to look and true. go, I got to play these 10 lineups because the highest ROI or the highest EV or whatever measurement. And based on the distribution of if you live forever, maybe, but if you don't live forever, I mean, you, you can end up losing a lot of money in the process. And then those combinatoric types of things of, well, the only reason why these lineups produce an ROI is because from an ownership and combinatoric perspective, their distributions work on a different level than the rest of the lineups. And that's where my second problem comes in is that, I mean, I'm not a big fan of a lot of ownership uh, projections around the industry. To Aren't they pretty with. good though? Aren't ownership projections? No, pretty good? no, no. I, th I think ownership projection, I think ownership projection measurements are flawed unless you're going to, unless you're going to uh, do, do a, some type R squared, some type of analysis, depending on the ownership band. Because for instance, I don't care if like, oh, we have this guy at 0.2% owned and he came in at 0.22% owned. So we 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 really nailed that one. But it's like that guy, I don't care about that guy. But you get a, you get a guy that's like 6% owned projected and he ends up being 10% owned. Like that's a, that's a huge, that's much more huge of a Mitch. We see it in Showdown. Like Brian, when you run your showdown Sims, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a big difference between oh, this this two hundred dollar guy is going to be one percent owned. If he comes in at two and a half percent owned, it's like the amount of dupes that lineup could possibly have goes up dramatically. Although, like the difference between like that small of a number to most mm -hmm. laymen would be like, oh, okay, that's that's close. And if you just plotted that across, you know, our squared graph. It would oh R square 0 0.88, 0 0.92. And it's like, no, the, the important stuff you have to get right. I don't care about this long tail of 80% of the players that are in the pool that really are going to be irrelevant for the contest anyway. Uh, I mean, fair enough. Like they say six and it comes in 10, but I think we're like, you have to compare it to everything else. So like, everyone else is still doing that too. Everyone else, you know, you if you have, if you have better ownership, you can actually then make the sim field better too. So, and, and you're comparing it to what? Like people using an optimizer, like you'd still much rather have a good sim that shows the guy at six when he's really 10. If you're, if we're comparing, you know, if we're comparing other options of how you're going to play the game. Versus, so versus, this is basically uh, um, like Excel solve function, getting the highest projected lineups where you have to create your own rules. You have to make your own decisions about this. You know, it's like, so the way the daily roto optimizer used to work, and this was the way all optimizers used to work was basically like, if 
high-owned player X then include, you know, three the one of five low-owned players that I like in this slate or whatever. So like you're still having to not hand to do that, but you're still having to manually add all these extra bells and whistles to make your 150 set for NBA, for MLB, for NFL, whatever, to make it more optimal or to make it, I, I guess, to make it whatever you think is more optimal for that slate. Whereas even, you know, Saber Sim or the ETR Sim stuff, whatever it's doing, that is still closer to, Brian, your simulation optimal than what the 150 solver set would be doing. I agree with that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think kind of the main benefit from Sims in general is like you look at like a we'll just use baseball rocky stack and it's like a pretty good rockies night something like that when do you fade them right like how do you know whether to go over on them to go under on them a sim will tell you that right it'll say well compared to all these options and you know the further away you are from predicting the field the worse your outcome is going to be garbage in garbage out of course that's true but compared to an optimizer doesn't know that right like and then you can make force constraints on an optimizer but there you're kind of guessing or you could do i should say like kind of the original way most people do it and they still do it guys do it is they use like past data they'll just get like a huge data set and then and then get some and then run some regressions on what means what and how much ownership they should adjust for and things like that and then they would just make a list of a thousand, two thousand, three thousand lineups really quick, as quick quick as they could, and then rank them based on past data, right? So that's another that's another way you can enter it, which is better than the optimizer or the guesswork, unless you're in that 0.1 percent of people who know ball and can guess, right? Which I think there isn't many of those people on the planet. Um, but if you can use a sim, it'll tell it'll tell you, you know, you know go. Tonight, go under the on the Rockies, and I say this on 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 Lulz all the time. If if you're and you could be Rockies, it could be LeBron, it could be any example like chalk, whatever. If you're always under, it's you're probably not doing it right. If you're always over, you're probably not doing it right. Well, that's I mean, Jordan, and you'll know this because you spend a lot of time mixing with uh, the public in the discords and stuff. But like the the take is just oh well in baseball. I don't care if the rock if the Braves have. I I remember the there was a slate. The Braves were playing in Coors Field, and they had the highest team total I've ever seen. I think it was I think it was like seven point nine or something. And I was just like I I literally do not care whatever Marcelo Zuna's projected ownership is. Like I'm just finding a way to play three Braves or whatever. And um you know I I think that but but basically Jordan it's well, I can't play the most expensive or I can't play the highest projected owned stack in baseball. I can't play Luka Doncic if he's the 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 highest projected ownership in a five-game NBA slate. I can't play Mahomes and Tony if they're the the chalkiest quarterback wide receiver. Like it's just there's not even a deeper analysis than that because it's just the shortcut is I can't play the most owned combination of players. Yeah, but that's not what you're looking for. You're never looking for the most owned or lowest owned. You're looking for over owned and under owned. And all that does is either provide or negate leverage or relative value into your lineups, which obviously theoryofdfs.com. I talk about this in my course. 
you could utilize sims i mean i'm not i'm I, i'm not saying that i'm not a sim bro these tools require inputs to put in so for instance i i've i've talked to several of the people behind these sims products and i'm like this is what i would need in order for me to use your product i'm going to give you my ownership and i want you to create a field of actual of the closest resembling lineups that you predict will be in this full field, 35,000 lineups or whatever, but it has to be from my ownership. And my ownership may be drastically different than your ownership. So you can't even do like, well, we'll run our own and we'll give you a subset type of thing because my main advantage in GPPs is that I change ownership. I, I mean, dude, you know how many times Nick Chubb is projected to be 6% owned and he comes in at 14% owned? And then I just change it to four. I, I just change the numbers. I look and I go, oh, ETR has has this guy at 18% owned, but he's on like everyone's like must playlist and stuff. And then I'm built, then I use lineup HQ on Roto Grinders and I'm running lineups. And if I'm just going by mean projection, I'm getting like 77% of this guy. It's like this guy isn't going to be 18% owned. This guy's going to be like, 26, 28% owned. And then you have to adjust the milli. Sometimes it doesn't get high enough because you have a lot of bad lineups in there. But then like the $9 slant or or something like that may actually, that may actually may, he may be over-owned there. Like all these adjustments, like it, it involves human psychology. Like you could run all this stuff you want. And it's like, well, most of the field isn't rational. So unless you're building a field that is representative of what you're simming your lineups against, I mean, to me, the number you could might you might as well do a, do what Brian does and go to random.org and put it in because like like dude, I don't care overall. Oh, R squared, we're uh, 0 0.93. It's like like if mix if 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 you have mixing at at fourteen percent owned, but he's really twenty percent owned. If you have Kenneth Walker at 26% on and he comes in at 18% on and once you start combining all this stuff the lineups look completely different different stack combinations different everything and next thing you know you're simming against a field that doesn't you take a look at all the 5,000 lineups and you find none of them or barely any of them in the actual contest and then at that point what is the number what what are the what are these ROI numbers well I mean that, that's true but but first of all they allow you to upload already allow you to upload your own field so you could change you could adjust the numbers and upload your own field but that's and the problem also, brian i don't know how to do that i, I and that's, then, well then that's but, why i want the tool to do it for me but like it, it doesn't matter too because like i guarantee that's like you're three months away from uploading your own ownership and then they redo the field for you saberson might be able to do something like that now they keep updating rapidly yeah they're club they have a method i, I talked to matt they have yeah. they have a way of sort of doing yeah, that, it's so that's sure exactly already how. it's already there. And then again, compared to what? Right. So like for people who are building normally with optimizers and stuff, it's still better to use the uh millimaker ownership and run a sim and enter in the nine dollar one. It's still better than using an optimizer. So it's still better compared to what what it's on the way, like that change, you know, and so like I mean. I don't see how it's not that much better and better for and worse for everyone in general that they're I think there's gonna be a race to the bottom on price for this stuff. 
But do you, but do you think, it's Brian, the new do, Brian do you think that the types of people that will implement these tools correctly mm -hmm. will change that dramatically because the types of people that use optimizers properly, because we know plenty of people that use them wrong, yeah. right? They use FC, FC wrong or Reliant HQ or whoever, the solver wrong. They, they, they run weird combinations and whatever. They have a lot of clumping issues. I mean, aren't we going to get the same thing here? Like to me, I view it that the types of people that are already at least on the profitable side of the, the spectrum in DFS are just going to just be eking out a little bit higher ROI off of all the bad lineups in the contest. But I don't think this turns someone that's like a minus 15%, minus 20% ROI player because they wouldn't be that minus ROI if they were even using optimizers properly. So they're not even going to be using these tools to begin with. I, I don't I don't really agree with that. I'm telling you that they're pretty easy to use and they're just going to get easier. And like there are, I think they're already easier than optimizers. Like to make an optimizer profitable, you need to be like a virtuoso, like a, like a painter, like an artist to get that shit, to give you something that wins anymore. With these, it's just a few buttons because they're, they're, they're creating so many, you know, like usable fields. And then it's comparing all these different interactions that, I don't think they have to finesse it that much. Yeah, but I'm gonna, but Brian, I'm gonna do what I did with the with the optimizers. You go to all, you go to, you download all the projections. I mean, this is what I would do in in all of DFS for GPP. I'm gonna download projections from every site, right? Not aggregate them, but run them as if some person was running an optimizer, reasonable but not great, and go, oh, a bunch of these guys show up, so they're gonna be higher owned than what we think they're gonna be. I adjust my ownership, and then I build. You know, I aggregate all the projections and I build my lineups with my adjusted ownership. Couldn't I do the same thing with if, if you're just going based on stochastic projections and stochastic sims and you know that people aren't, you know, a vast majority of people aren't going to make dramatic adjustments to the field. Can't I just go there and go, OK, what lineups, what lineups show as positive ROI a lot in those and then just bump up their own, just do the same thing that I did, just bump up their ownership in my in my field. And then run my, I can run my field against their own projections. And I, because I my think, ownership is different then I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to get a more representative uh, account of my ROI even doing so. I think that to me, there's always a way to, if everyone's doing this, well, and you know that just exploit what they're doing too much of. So I think what Brian is saying is just that like, uh, well, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just like a, a marginal difference in terms of the expected value of that lineup over the long term, if a guy's projected at 18% versus 22% in terms of running the Sims? Or are you just saying, if you're already to that point, sure, do the extra work, but most people are not already to that point. Most people are still doing the solver-based 150 set, in which case you are probably putting in a lot of negative EV lineups. Well, I mean, definitely in that com that comparison, like, yeah, the solver, uh, Optobro, like they're going to get priced to where it's almost the same price. I guarantee it that you should definitely put your time into the SIM instead of the opto. So like just that for sure. But like, just to talk about blenders idea of like, you know, if everyone's doing this, can I do something else? I think, I think, I think there's merit to that for sure. It's not gonna be cheap though. Right. Cause these are pretty expensive right now. And you probably might need to look at more than one. It's going to be pretty kind of time consuming because you're gonna have to run through their process and yours and then filter it back and see what you change. 
and stuff like that. So like, I think you, you could, uh, you could do that, but in, I think, I think theoretically what's more likely to happen uh, in the next year or two is like ownership will adjust for knowing that people are doing this now in the Rocky stack will will that was going to be under from the sims will now instead of project at 20 percent will be that's, at 10 percent. that's my question is is there a feedback loop of if everyone so like let's let's say i mean i i guess from a very high level is it possible for a large field gpp to be played at equilibrium where there is actually no uh well, you know strategy i don't know I, plus he's shaking his head no but i would say enough with the rake so high and the variance is so high that basically basically for you know maybe not not in reality but basically i think i think i think there is here's a really easy example is showdowns in mma so like a, a good example in showdowns in mma is like a lineup that you are hoping is duped once right but like you're kind of trying to get lucky that it's not duped. Me and Blender talked about this on, on our podcast we did uh, what, like a month ago or whatever. So like you're hoping you get like a three or five duped lineup, but no one du no one plays it. You get you get one dupe, right? And then you got some pretty good EV. The moment your one dupe, two dupe lineups get run through all these sims and good dupe calculators, et cetera, and now it's getting duped five, six, eight, ten times, that lineup sucks now. And you could see what happened on Saturday, uh, this last MMA, just this past MMA slate, Nerdy Tenor won with a, a three a three round game stack, which you rarely do. It's an eleven game slate, so it's kind of iffy. You probably should have some in there, but not many on an eleven gamer. And he got he got duped three times, right? He split or he split three ways on a three game. On a, a three round fight, right? A three Those round type of lineups are very rare. They're they're sub one percent. That type of lineup that people exactly. play. And so, like, once this starts occurring, it's very it's very easy to 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 grasp this. Well, don't we don't we already see this in NFL Showdown in the large field ones where even the the most dog shit, yeah, you know, well, it's got okay. Worse. I was gonna say, wasn't there a backup quarterback that came in? and actually scored a bunch of points, but then it turned out that the backup quarterback lineup was duped, and it was just like... I think like, so. I think that it was did like, happen. It was like, okay, so what are we doing? We're just sitting here giving DraftKings and FanDuel our rake money uh, to, to, to just basically trade hands. Or, I mean, the a decision I've made with myself a long time ago, which is different than you guys, is that I do not play DFS for a living. I like making money. Making money is awesome. But what I actually like to do is gamble because I I have a, a job that I get paid for and that's what pays my bills. Any money from DFS is I can buy Bitcoin, I can go to concerts, I wh whatever. So it's like I'm comfortable playing my 150 set in Showdown or playing my hundred dollar single entry on DraftKings and being like, I I'm pretty sure this is good. I've thought deeply about this, but I would not. I would be drawing dead to tell you statistically why it is plus EV or why no, it but is I, I think, I think you, you, you sell yourself short Davis. Like I'm in, I would say I'm in the middle of you and, and Brian. So, you know, I'm notoriously, I'm the nit, I'm whatever. Like I'm, I'm always looking to pro to maximize my ability to make somewhere between 50 and $75,000 a year on average, you know, playing DFS or doing props or anything like that. So like, like props are, I replace cash games essentially with props. 
because that's so much easier and more profitable. Uh, the large field GPPs, I think a lot of people attack this the wrong way. And I think we're, we're talking from a perspective of fighting over the equity that's available to us. So for instance, Davis, you're sharp, I'm sharp, Brian's sharp. Now you oh. may, we may, we may both can sit now sharper than the average person that's playing in the field, right? Davis, you may have less of a share of the equity than I have, and I may have less of the share of the equity that Brian has, but we still have this big pie of equity. Yeah, that's the pie, the off. pie is pretty big, and Brian and Ricky D and and these guys, they can't win it just due to the nature of variance. They can't win it all, and they can't win it all the time. And so that's something Brian and I have talked about before, which is um, you can put in these lineups that are plus EV as a hand builder, but they are um, they don't realize that often because what you have to do to build plus EV lineups uh, a lot of the time as a as a hand building bro is you're building lineups that are plus EV, but it realizes not all that often. Yeah, but the point is that you're we're we're talking about competing against ourselves and not the more important factor like in poker, all, all three of us have played poker to some extent, that you don't judge a table by its strongest players, you judge a table by its weakest players. So I don't mind going to my local casino and seeing, you know, we play eight-handed here. If, if, if I see, you know, six really good players that I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make any money off of these people, and one guy that's just dumping all of his money, like I'm going to, I may make less than the other six people at the sharp players at the table, but I'm still profitable because there's enough money being dumped in. If there's now two less, less than stellar players, if there's three, like, I don't care. I could play with Phil Ivy and Daniel Legrandu at my table. If there's other five other people at the table that are playing every hand and calling people down and playing horribly, they'll make more. Yes, they will make more, but I will still make plenty. So I view DFS as if you download some of these large field GPPs, especially in NFL, is that there's tons of lineups that are just seeding like two times the rake, three times the rake, four times the rake. I talked to Nerdy Tenor. He says, said there are lineups that that seed five, six, ten times the rake, like lineups that are just like you have no shot at even cashing. And really, once we have enough of those lineups in there, I mean, essentially, like, like it, Davis, if you have an 8% ROI and I have a 12% ROI and Brian has a 16% ROI, we could still be profitable. And all we're talking about now with these Sims is more of a, can you move your 8% and take more of Brian's 16% and get more of his share? But I think the main thing is that once we get rid of all these bad lineups, I don't think any of this matters anymore because you're not going to be able to beat the rake. But as long as there's enough lineups that are seeding enough equity... I, I I think that you could, if you do your 2017 version of, you know, the artistic optimizer settings and construct, you, you could still be profitable as long as it just, you're not going to be as profitable as the people that are doing more precise methodologies with Sims. I think, I think the analogy is more like online poker for, we're going to do a poker analogy where um, back in the day, there was a lot of rakeback pros. And they would grind even 
and get, you know, 20, 30% rake back every month, paid every month because they play so much yeah. and they get a little piece of the pot back. I know you guys know what this is, but just to explain to people listening where they get like, you know, 30% of the pot, each pot they play in. And so the end of the month, they'd only make a thousand dollars, you know, grinding because they weren't very good, but they'd get five grand and rake back and you know or whatever a little bit more than that and that's a job you don't got to work you don't have to have a you know back then you don't have to have a real job but it would be like that in modern times but i mean sorry in dfs modern times but instead all all of a sudden these rakeback pros now get to use sims now they get to have the access to you know dur and and ivy's strategies uh, so it makes a lot of the break even and average and slightly above and guys who ran good, but haven't gone broke yet, et cetera, et cetera. It increases, you know, all theirs plus people who just take shots at, uh, you know, I'm going to spend 150 bucks on this SIM now where before I wouldn't, which but is isn't, isn't probably, that, but isn't the money that's being eaten from that more coming out of your, your bottom line. And not necessarily like, like my, for instance, my bottom line, like I think no, the, it's guy, the guys at the both, top, right? at the top of the, the mountain, they're going to, you're going to lose some ROI, but I mean, some, someone like me, the, I'm, the I'm, I care more too. about how many bad players are in there. And as long as there's enough in yeah. there. Listen, I'm not going to argue bad players are a big part of this. And the more, the more, the merrier, right? We'd love to have the whole field of bad players. And but, but Brian, can I, can I ask a question, Brian? If I were to use, let's say, stochastic sims or insert sim product that's available on the market and you do your own sims. And if I built and we simulated out my 150 set versus your 150 set for what some slate, whatever, the just main slate. How much different is my ROI in general compared to yours? Like. To me, I think the point is that the gap is going to, the gap isn't at you. You are not going to be that significantly better. It's the same reason, Brian, why you've said that, oh, you used to make your own projection models. And now it's like, oh, mm -hmm. the, the stuff that's available is maybe you can make it a slightly better, but it's not worth the time and it's good enough. Isn't it the same type of thing where you're claiming, you know, the Sims, if, if it's, if the data put you're putting in is good, that the difference between your process and that process isn't that dramatic that maybe three years from now, you're just, you're not even going to run your own Sims. So really just comes down to the, the people running Sims versus the people not running Sims. And as long as there's enough people that not running Sims, everyone that runs Sims is going to get some piece of the pot. Is that, is well, that, you, so I actually have a question about that. Is that even true? Is that, is so, so base, sim runner someone who someone who has for the last five years done the solver method right where it's just highest projected points with whatever rules and whatever modifications you make to the player pool based on top of that versus a very baseline whatever whatever public facing sim tool you're using what is the difference in expected value between those two camps i think it's decent enough i agree with brian on that i think sims would be much better but I still think you could be profitable doing it the, the solver based way as long as you know as long as you know what you're doing and probably cutting out maybe not running a whole 150 like I mean I'm just describing kind of what I do but I think the difference between if you get the data right running 
publicly facing sims versus private sims if you're using the same data like i don't i don't see how how brian's roi could be that much greater than someone running saber sim whatever the hell with as long as the key part is as long as the data is equivalent right mm -hmm. good projections good ownership everything so really at the end of the day like what how dramatic of a difference does it make because it still comes down to before the sims it was the opto bros versus the the toilet shitter builders right and it's like well the shitter builders don't know don't have all these projections or everything like that so they're building lineups that are either too chalky or too low projected but we're still but making even... money off of those people so like that's the other thing though is that even the negative EV lineups win with like some frequency because the the I, I mean you know Nelson posts those those graphs of how a winning player can lose for fifteen years in a row in some timelines <laughs> and a losing player can win over a year time you know it's just like so I mean that's kind of where you start to get your head well, well for me because I'm not so much of a hard math guy that my head starts to get wrinkled a little bit by all of that but you know the phone the phone shitter guy wins sometimes like some percentage of the time right the same way that you hit your one outer on the river i mean yeah of course it, it still happens but we're we're talking about a methodology where you're where you're playing every day and you're building up a big sample size i mean i mean i think we both see so, the fact that like like a negative ev lineup could win it's just that over the long run it actually loses money because the one time it won doesn't make up for all the times that it lost so the idea of the magnitude of impact, I think, is what Blender's kind of getting at here. Um, I mean, w w you guys were starting with the, you know, the when projections came around and they got good enough for me not to continue keeping a database and putting in all that work. I mean, that's those are all negative things, right? If you're trying to win because it makes your opponents better. And so at each step, an optimizer and then public decent public projections, then ownership, then people using the ownership and, you know, all, all these little steps we've taken over the last five to eight years, whatever it's been getting to this point have made it harder to, to win. And like, this is another thing, the Sims post box Sims show. And I talked about this on Lowell's as well, where a lot of these one fifty years based on these post lock Sims, the either site, Saber Sim or, or stochastic, um, are losing and it depends on what projections you are entering but you would think in theory that the percentage of winners is about the same on each of their site and so uh like if they're losing like those guys could then you know theoretically start putting in more solid lineups and then that just hurts progressively hurts just like projections did just like use of ownership did etc cetera, etc cetera. It the magnitude, how much worse is it? I like I I think right now you're fine, but in six months, a year and six months, etc., they're gonna add more and more to these simulations, and the price will get cheaper and cheaper. This is my guess. Maybe maybe they'll stay the same and the price will go up, but. I think that's unlikely. I think the price will go down and the simulations will get better and the concerns and critiques people will have, they'll, they'll address. And, and so like, does the fact that the toilet bros still exist counteract the magnitude of that effect? 
Um, I'm skeptical. I would say no, not not in the long run and not in the midterm. Well, uh, I don't think it will. The reason why the reason why it doesn't is that the field is overwhelmingly either Simbros, guys who are running the Sims, or people who are and Brian, you might even disagree with this, but people who are putting in theoretically plus EV lineups even without double checking it with their computer first. That like a lot like for example, the fields that I play in, the fifty to two hundred dollar single entry stuff in NFL. I think those fields are pretty sharp, pretty efficient. And I would guess that those are those are actually probably the most I know ball uh contests on DraftKings, just like people who are really tuned in to fantasy football. But I think the ownerships and the lineups in those fields are fairly efficient even without the computer oversight. I mean, sure. I I mean I I mean if you if you include like, you know, petty theft and people like that, I mean, I just don't know how many there are of that who are building, I mean, Udakao, it sounds like he doesn't do any of this stuff either. He's just watches, he knows ball and, and has maybe a few tricks up his sleeve too. So, but again, well, no, no. I think. I'm, I, so I'm creating a difference between Udakao and petty theft and, and th- these guys and the, the, the ball knowers who are still crafting what I think are good lineups. I'm skeptical how many of those people exist. I don't know. Blender, what do you think? Do you think there's a lot of those no, guys? I, I, I think I people people say things without downloading the CSVs. One thing, I've learned how to play DFS from 2015 before any of this existed to just download the CSVs and just see see what the fuck's going on, right? And then doing simple Excel stuff and just, I'll download these projections and let me map out and what 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 are all these based on my projections? What do these project out to be? What's the ownership of all these lineups? What 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 does Brian's lineups look like? What do what did what does the Burrito Brothers lineups look like? And I I did that for such a long time, and I still get down to the fact that the money being made in DFS comes from the the people that make the most mistakes. And if you download stuff, I mean, I used to be someone that was like not going to play the Millie, right? So top heavy. Right. It's the payout structure is awful. The Millie, if you download the CSV, is the most profitable contest to play, even if you're playing lineups that have less first place equity, because the amount of horrible lineups that are in that contest are so vast that they're double the rake. So I I would even say because. In well, I'm not, ga- I'm not disagreeing. People don't I'm not disagreeing play- with that. People aren't playing I, cash games. I would rather play, take 150 ca- cash lineups and throw it into the Millie Maker because the the amount of bad lineups exist there are enough that that cashes almost as often, almost as often, not you, as often as the double ups, but true, also Brian? it could also four x and five x. I've run this. I've run this out, and I I can't. I come to the conclusion that. That even if it's a million to first, hundred thousand to second, that the amount of bad lineups in that contest, that the slant now, the slant is the worst contest now because they decreased the number of entries, so it's only like twenty five thousand, thirty thousand, but the number of one hundred and fifty maxers has remained the same. So like fifty five percent of lineups are from one hundred and fifty maxers, while three years ago was only like twenty two percent. But in the Millie Maker, you can't have that many one hundred and fifty maxers. This Millie Maker coming up. This week is 1.1 million entries. So the amount of 150 maxers is like 
6% of the entire field. So when the fields are softer, like, do I, I get EV from all the bad players enough that while my lineups may be less EV than Brian's, it's definitely better for me to play in those contests than go into the slant and go, well, I think my lineups are just as good as Brian's. It's like, yeah, but I make more money in the other contests, even with the top heavy payout structure, because my lineups cash even for 1.5 X at such a high rate in comparison to the slant that it would still just be better off for me to just play the Millie. But you could only see this by downloading the CSVs. But a lot of times, late season NBA, outside of late swap, you may see some of the most, most that you look at those lineups in the large field contest and go, wow, there's only like maybe five or 6% of lineups that are just truly like not competitive. I'm going to guess like, Brian disagrees with this. Brian's going to say, Brian's going to say Blender is overrating the bads and, I, and, <laughs> I think we're just kind of talking past each other at this point. Like I shocking, shocking. I I I, I don't disagree that bad players are a big part of any game, you know, skill game gambling edge, and you need you need a lot of them. And there's a big difference between the slant uh, and j- the same thing in the jam or whatever in NBA, like because the percentage of 150 years is much higher in the smaller midi mid-sized contest because the guys just enter the same thing twice they just enter like their same lineups in both of them or they'll be the same players just at a higher percentage i completely agree with all that i think it's just really just the magnitude of how much this will end up affecting everyone who enters in the tournaments in the long run is probably maybe where we're disagreeing a little bit i think no, I, I agree with you i think i think my my point is that I care more about how many bad players still exist. Like I just view these tools, like either you're someone that uses these tools or someone that doesn't using these two tools, the difference between one or the other to me is. Yeah, but if, if it's, if it's 25 bucks for a month, eventually. And Dude, there they, are people that don't even use this shit address, that's available, even if it's out for free. Right. But, but again, we're talking like scale here. So like mm-hmm. if it increase, it's already very hard, you know, um, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think we're kind of just going in circles here. I, I do have something interesting. I, at least I think it's interesting to bring up is the effect of the cost of these Sims with everything else to utilize these Sims. Cause you have to pay for ownership. You have to pay for projections. You might need an optimi- optimizer to make the lineups the way you want them. You might need an optimizer as a backup, right? Just in case the Sims aren't working that day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This is a lot of money that's not going to be going to DFS, not going to be going to entry fees. And so like this theoretical group of guys who are in the lower cohort that Jordan's talking about, and I'm saying, Hey, eventually they might even some of them, a decent amount of them might join like, well, now they're going to be not only be burning through the DFS, you know, fees, they're going to be burning through paying for all this, all these products, which will run you now, right now, five six hundred bucks to get all three per month something like that like i mean like if you like it's 300 DF, bucks for... dfs subscriptions have always been expensive they've no, always not this, been not not this expensive like yeah like i i'm not i mean i'm not buying it i mean bales bales used to say this bales used to say this he was like my experience is uh you write a book you can't charge people any more than 20 bucks you do season-long fantasy football you can't really charge any more than about a hundred bucks, although that's changed sites 
sites uh, charge more than that now. But in DFS, you can charge whatever you want for whatever you want. And that has also been both on a customer side. I bought all these products. I've tried most of them. And from a business side with Daily Roto and stuff, seeing like you, like you could just charge whatever and people will buy DFS stuff. Yeah, it's cra- it's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I doubt Bales considered how inflation and everything would cost eight times as much. And now, so now 20 is probably, you could charge 60 bucks a book and be fine, but it's, it's going to be really tough. It's also going to be customer service nightmare for them. Uh, Cause it's a new product. No one's going to know how to use it. And like blender touched on this in the very beginning of this, like you're not winning, bro. Like it's, it's like, you're gonna, you're going to put in some plus EV lineups and a lot of plus EV lineups have a low chance to win, but they're a unique combo and they'll show a plus ROI well, and then they're going to lose. How, and lose many, how many screenshots, Brian, do you think they're going to be this NFL season of like, like someone that put in 2000, they're going to show entries in 2000. The green number shows like $228 and 13 cents. And then they show the screen of some Sims and says, Glad I got my two hundred and twenty-seven percent ROI. Thanks a lot, type of type of. <laughs> oh, that's gonna happen, right? <laughs> I mean, I I do, like I guess I also wonder. Maybe maybe I'm just out of touch. Like I'm wondering what the hunger for this is. Like I know for me, I honestly, I mean, I I know about this stuff because of Brian uh, and and Lowell's and stuff. Like I I have no interest in ever becoming. Uh, advanced enough like did like it's fine for the highest level of dfs to have passed me by or even even the second highest right even if i am just uh you know if we're looking at a bell curve if i'm like slightly to the right on the bell curve but not all the way to the right that's totally fine for me but i guess i'm wondering what the appetite is for people who want to be the right curve uh there's a it's gonna there's gonna be a magic beans period I'm telling you, that's the that's the way it is. That I've been using your projections and tools, and maybe they're break even. They win some, they lose some, right? It's not like you know, like horrible or anything. And they're like, oh well, in order to really win, you need to do this, and then they do that, and they don't see maybe if if they win early, it's the greatest thing ever. If they lose for a month straight, sims are uh, worthless. You know, it's going to be that that type of thing the the most useful these things would have is for originators so like if you build your own projections if you build your own ownership if you do if you have some secret sauce like petty in nba this is this may be much better than trying to build this on your own but if you don't have that secret sauce this isn't going to be the secret sauce the same way that going into an optimizer I mean, dude, I've seen people, I remember people four or five years ago, they, I, I, I'm using lineup HQ. I put in, a, you know, I put in two uniques. I put in 10% randomness and I made one group and then I just pressed build 150 lineups. Uh, how come I, how come I didn't win? And then I look and I'm like, like, yeah, because like, you played like the, you played like, like 120 cash lineups in a, in a, in a, 300,000 field GPP. And then like your bottom 10 lineups are like the worst thing ever because of clumping. It's like, yeah, but I thought I could just build. That's, that's what I'm building. Like you, there's going to be so much of that, that like, it's not, dude, it's not worth it for me for 300 bucks a month. 200 bucks a month is there's It's I'm not even, I'm not even using it because 
from my perspective is that it's not at a price point. It doesn't fit my personal goals of I'm looking to make 50 to 75 K between everything props and, and DFS and, and everything. And then some content obviously past that, that like, dude, I never played 150 really to begin with. I, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll play 50 lineups. I'll play 40. Well, that's, what, that's, my that's, own methodology. Uh, that's what Brian says. Brian says, sometimes I only have a hundred plus EV lineups. And I only play a hundred. I mean, that's what you should do. If you could figure out what your hundred are, uh, Jordan, you could technically write it off, but uh, no, the... no, I no, I do write it off. But why would I want to write more expenses off when, when I have less winnings? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I agree with you. The 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 I, which is why I think the price after this this honeymoon period, the price will go down. I think is you, you know they, Brian, they you know there it. there are going to be people. You know there are people that are going to spend two hundred and ninety seven dollars a month or one hundred and ninety nine dollars a month. And then build 20 lineups for their $1.20 max. And it's like, like there's no way for you to be profitable. If you're just playing that contest every day, yeah. like you're spending more in tools than you are in the entry fees. And I, I feel yeah. like if you're spending more than like, I mean, I think 5% is too high. If 5% of your volume is going into pool fees or anything like, like then you're, like, but that's all but of your is that, gone. Is that I mean, true? Is that long. true if you are if you are basically drawing dead without these tools, though? There, there, there's definitely a, like a a, a, a a amount of dudes DFS bros who this is perfect for, and they could charge five hundred bucks a month and they'd pay it and it'd work for them. So, like that is another yeah. you know uh, that is another outcome possibility here. They actually go up in price and like instead of going down and it's just for a uh-huh, bro, you know, and that kind of like, like even blender, like could theoretically like be like one of those type of guys, you know, I know he says he's not like someone like blender. So like there is a couple ways, you know, there, but there's definitely blender too. Not only is there going to be the guys who go, Oh, this said 280% and I've lost 10 straight weeks. There's, there's going to be winners. There's going to be sim bro winners. Like I, I would bet a million dollars on it. There'll be some, because like even Tom who owns stochastic is, is, is won like three times in MLB this year already just using his SIM product. But he's also uh, won he, three times in MLB last season without doing it all. No, he didn't play last year. Like, uh, But I'm just saying in general, he, I mean. It, no, what, he, I don't think he's played in a while. And like, and he wasn't. But he's a good, but he's a good DFS player. My, my, the point I'm making with, these products, but I think is bad. It was, but seriously, like it's a bad example, Jordan, because I think he was losing and he stopped playing for a year or a year and okay. a half. So he's just like a bad example. He was losing. He, he didn't think he could win. And then he came back and went, but regardless, my point is just like, there will be, there will be, you know, a hundred, I mean, maybe 50 guys going, thanks. Stochastic Sims. Uh, there'll probably be a million winner who wins with the Sims. And so the Sims will go on. It's just a matter of, are they going to go up in price or down in price? Uh, and, and, but I don't, I'm not sure. I think over, like all these things are bad for, for the, since the cost is bad for DFS. The so what are, what are you working good. on? What are you working on next? Starting like a Star Wars YouTube channel or sort of what's <laughs> yeah. your, what's your, what's your plan? It's Star Wars or bust at this point. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, 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 uh, I'm going to get a job playing guitar in Florida at a, at a bar, I think just, you know, that's my, uh, there's, my there's a big, there's a big market for bearded guys who can soulfully strum at the, uh, at, at the guitar. 75 bucks a night. And then I'll, I'll hand build and play best ball. 
Um, uh, I mean, ha- dude, hand building, you laugh, but hand building is a lot of fun. I mean, I, I don't win nearly with the frequency that I did back when I used all the tools all the time. And really actually like working on projections did make me a better player, obviously. Um, now, one we have not touched on this yet at all, but a key thing is the inputs to the sims and an edge you can create and you have to be really good and you can't just be a jackass who like thinks something but knowing how an input can be wrong knowing how quentin johnson's playing time might be different than what the market is expecting and how you get paid off when you're right about that or the market thinks quarterback x sucks but you think quarterback x is good or the market thinks when Pascal Siakam doesn't play that uh, Chris Boucher gets all the minutes, but actually in this matchup, it doesn't make sense for Chris Boucher to get the minutes. It makes sense for, I don't know, name a fucking wing on the Raptors. But isn't, but isn't that the secret sauce? I mean, isn't yes, that literally, that, that, that's the secret sauce the secret on the sauce. player side. And my secret sauce is tends to be on the, the ownership side. So like, like can, to me, I view it the same. I view it the I, same way. Can I come in on that with with Blender's ownership? So, so Blender's ownership last year, I I go okay, adjust my ownership for me. I asked him like one one week or maybe this two. This is like weeks. one or two weeks, right? And then I forgot to send it. But I, I like without like so like I I put a meme out the other day where it's you know the Jedi meme, you know the the bell curve with the Jedi on one side and then the dummy on the other side and everyone else there. And after uh, Petty Theft said, uh, you know, I'm a brain player, brain is a great time to be brain players. It's like, yeah, 0.1% are actually brain players, right? And then everyone, all these other dummies who think they're brain players are, are, are garbage. And then everyone else is basically in the middle. Now, the, the problem with uh, like, like Blender's doing his own ownership is like, you got to track that shit for years. Right. to figure out if you're better or worse and not just the two guys, the Joe Burrow, you bump up 6%, right? You gotta, you gotta track everyone. Then they, then how does that affect everyone else? And, and this goes along to like projections too, that we Davis brought this up. Like it's you, you, there's a big, huge data set you need to get all this stuff down and accurate to know that you're better than Cardi to know, right? Like it works the same kind of way. Like, okay, you know, like maybe you can project better your ownership better, but like you might be wrong too. Like you might no, be- no. I, I mean, that's that's the that's the conversations I have with Nerdy Tenor of that. But like, there's there's he, he Ryan, doesn't there's... care about the ownership. He cares about being balanced. But like right. when when I'm right, I get an exploitative advantage. But when I'm wrong, I get a negative. I mean, then right. then it's an that's I have point. to be willing to and I know and I know that that's the case and I rely more on that. And I'm, it's not like I'm a, I'm not running ownership. I can't sell my ownership because I'm, dude, the ownership that I changed could not even add up mathematically. That's why I want someone else to make a tool for me that I could adjust ownership and then give it to you and go run what this field lineups would look like. And then maybe it says that, well, if you bump up this guy and bump down that guy, it's impossible for Josh Jacobs to only be 11% owned. He has to be at least 14% owned. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I can move it something like that because of the way that salary and distributions work for, for the positions, but like they'll have something like that on the players. Typically, typically I just care more about the players that are, 
that seem to be significantly lower on than they should and significantly higher on than they should. It's very similar to prop betting that like if you if you go if you go if you wake up in the morning and there's an MLB prop that that compared to your projections shows a 62% edge, it's much more likely you're wrong than the whole market is wrong even though it's not that efficient of a market. But if it's like an 18% edge, then it's much more likely to be right because it's it's within a reasonable period. So I view it the yeah, same way with just... ownership that when I see some guy that's projected to be 4% owned and I go, this doesn't seem right. And it, okay, it I, 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 have, I have a question. I have a question though, because if your ball knowing take is wrong, it doesn't matter. Your lineups are probably minus EV anyways, right? Like speaking from my perspective, right? So I go to go make my teams on the weekend. I'm putting teams in all these single entry contests. And let's like, let's say my, my ball knowing take is, uh, there's there's two men price wide receivers on the same team and the market likes one but I I think the other one is is the guy um and I've I've been on we've all been on both sides of this where you get it right and you get it wrong it feels good when you get it right it feels bad when you get it wrong but it doesn't actually doesn't actually matter if you are wrong because your lineup's probably negative EV in Brian's or whoever's Sims are anyways but so the only way to generate the only way that it actually would be positive EV would be if the inputs in the simulations were wrong, right, Brian? I mean, if if the market's efficient, then sure. yeah, yeah. But if the market's inefficient, like I think it does matter, like because your lineups might be, you because you might be able, let's say it's twenty percent Rocky stack again, and then you just leave it at twenty percent. Do your process, whatever that is, a sim, an optimizer, where you put in some constraints or you use your brain and go, I hate the Rockies. And I, so I'm going to go under 20, right? Like those all might be right. Where if you are, you know, doing the brain of, aha, it's 20%, but I know better. It's actually 14%. It's going to be 14%. And then you go in and do your process and adjust for it. And then now you won't, now you won't be under on the Rockies, right? Cause it'll be like, Oh, actually it is under. Right. So like, as long as it's inefficient, like your decision's, there do matter as long as you have some sort of process where you're adjusting for these things or using a sim then then it does matter so i mean i just think though in general like it's it's tough like you get some right you get some wrong like i i would you know i would need to like i think you should do that this year blender why not like track track your it's only 17 times or whatever track your adjustments times. i mean but i don't adjust the ownership for every player it's only whatever who cares right and then po post it post it, screenshot it post it on your twitter or whatever or send it right. to me i mean i do that with now with sports project that sports projections guy post is like mma like yeah. ownership and I, like i respond like i remember like two weeks ago i'm like now this guy's gonna be much higher that guy's gonna be much lower and right. i look at that and i go if this is what people are inputting into sims and like, like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, this, 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 uh, ninety four hundred dollar female fighter is gonna be twenty eight percent owned. Where it's like, like, it's gonna be like fourteen max, and I have her at twelve. And if this person is putting in those numbers, like, how is it possible that their sims could even be like, what? What do I care about those ROI numbers? Because I see these numbers being so off. And I'm not saying that in football or in NBA, like NBA, Brian. Like ownership in NBA with how much moves in NBA, I think it, I'm, unless you have the secret sauce like like Petty Theft does, I think NBA, with, especially with late swap, being able to determine, you know, well, this guy's out now and it's post lock. Like what's the real ownership of this guy? Is he going to be, 
how many people are swapping onto him, right? Curry's out, Green's out, Jordan Poole's 3,400. And it's like, we knew this before the slate, he'd be like 78% owned. But like, what is his actual ownership? Of course, in this scenario, the, the real answer is just jam him into all of your lineups because he's definitely going to be under-owned because it's a late swap. But like, like there's so much more dynamism in NBA for getting that right more than a sport like like baseball on a day-to-day basis and even NFL unless there's some you know some type of Saturday news or some big like inactives thing that that comes out I don't know how much if you just use like ETR's ownership I think you're fine but there are there are times where I'm looking throughout the content and uh looking through optimizers and going like no based on based on the numbers that even their own I do, so I do like, think this guy's going to come in way more than they think and this guy's going to come in lower than they think I do think obviously having a finger on the pulse of what people are doing is valuable so I think listening to content reading the articles like I like the projection the projected ownership is not going to be perfect regardless of what site you're using or whoever like it's just it's not it's not possible um so I don't I don't think you're wrong but isn't that the same I mean, as the hand Brian, the dirt takes, like you said? Like, if you think that this guy's I guess, you know what, I high, guess it is, Isn't actually. it the same exactly? Honestly, I mean, is. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't think there's that many who can do it. And then, and then the, so like Petty Theft is, is, is he, he's proven it. He's won every year, all the time. Clearly he knows what he's doing. But like, you know, if you say like, oh, I could judge ownership better than, and also like you're, a lot of times people are comparing apples and oranges. Like, yeah, they're, the ETR's ownership for last year was for the slant. It wasn't for the Millie, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this year they're doing multiple different types of ownerships. And then, you know, you add in, like you said, like things change last minute. Well, you really should then there be guessing for sure. Like, you know, especially NBA when something like happens. Clearly, you can't go with the stale ownership lines, and you do have to get your hands dirty and change that stuff because they're not going to update it, or it's not going to be updated in time to finish your process. So yes, I I agree. Sometimes your hand is forced, and you have to. Some people can actually win, but I think they can. A lot of times, they're comparing they're comparing apples and oranges. It's not like the same ownership, and they get it wrong enough. To where if you track this for five years, your edge might not be as big as you think. Blender, yours probably is since you're really paying attention and stuff. But right. but I'm saying I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to be a little bit more directionally accurate. It it just comes down to your example with like the Rockies stack, right? It's like, oh, we're predicting them to be 20%, and they should be they should be 14. So I'm gonna play less of them. It's like, like, well, if they should be 14, but I think they're gonna be actually be. 16% owned. It doesn't mean I don't have a lot of them or do I just maybe I I end up with a couple of more Rockies lineups than the field that thinks they're going to be 20% owned when I put down 14 and they come in 15. Like to me it's not it's not this humongous edge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just maybe adds a little bit more more EV to some of my lineups especially since I'm competing against people like you. You know, running all these simulations and I'm still stuck in in opto bro land, kind yeah. of like doing the artistic shit. Fair fair enough, fair enough. I would just like finish on this point, maybe is uh for for this part of the topic, anyways. Uh, again, we started this too with like uh, can you beat 
you know, should you make projections and can you beat Cardi and stuff like that? So like, if you were going to go bottom up making your own ownership projections, like I do for MMA and PGA, like, you know, good luck. Like, you know, but if you do want to leverage what people are already doing and then put like your own little tweaks on there, sure. Go ahead. But like, I don't think I'm going to be beating Saber Sim and Cardi is uh, MLB projections at this point, you know? Like maybe, I, yeah. maybe I'll, Mike Trout, I'll know, you know, I'll, he's not all these playing, but you know, I'll be like one day you could go like, Oh, Trout should be getting more points than what Cardi says here, I guess. But like, uh, I mean, that you know, I we, we just entered into like the metaphysical part of this conversation, which is that there's like only so accurate that projections can be, you know, like their, their, re their, their reaches until uh, we achieve the singularity and we know the, the past, the present and the future all at once. Like there is a, now ownership projections i actually think could get even more efficient ownership projections could get way better there could be better ways to create them there could be better ways to measure all this stuff but there's only it is i to me i guess it seems easier to predict what button people are going to click on their phone on a sunday morning than it is to predict how open is cooper cup going to get um on sunday you know well, it's not going to get open at all this sunday <laughs> correct yeah, predicting getting that that play by play data like good luck trying to do that in your head. You know, I mean that that's another thing, you know, back to this, the general sims thing is you're really just trying to get a general sense of all these interactions and how and like if this plays out this way, you know, what what would theoretically be possible. And then you can adjust from there. Like if you got a thousand lineups you know, that pop out of this, you don't have to take the top 150, right? You could then use your hand in the dirt thing. So like, I think it's, it's good, you know, good quote unquote for, for hand builders too, who can utilize this and then adjust based on their, their, uh, I know ball takes. So like, which, which is, which is bad in general for all of, all of DFS for like the idea of like becoming a pro and inspiring people, you know, to, to get into it, like poker used to be, you know, that type of thing, you know, just for fun or whatever, like who cares? And in, in, you know, blunders, right. It does all matter. Like the amount of people, bad players who are going to be involved in your, in your competitive gambling environment totally matters. I don't know if you guys saw that there was a tweet. I think his, his username was like flash or something. And he, and he listed the showdown, the Thursday showdown, the last three years, the first one, and it was like 450, 370, you know, 330, and now it's 290 or something like that. Like it's gone down the total amount of entries each year. Really? Yeah. So that's I mean, you, you. You've seen. I mean, I think the liquidity in DFS has been. I, we've seen it plateau, but it's not like gone down dramatically. But like, I think the number of active participants in DFS has has had gone down. Here. I got the I got the tweet here. I'll... So, what are we? I mean, what are we? So, if the liquidity is down, no, I think what the does liquidity that mean? Is fine. That... I think liquidity is fine. I just think that it's it's one of those things where the the rake and the better players. I mean, we've said this for God knows how long. Long term viability of the ecosystem with with you know ten to fifteen percent rake and the disparity between skillful players and awful players 
that people go broke too quickly. The, the payout structures are too top heavy. People don't retain their money often enough. I mean, I mean, I, I play I, I play poker and, and and people will ask me, it's like, oh, I've never I've never really done the the sports, fantasy sports or the sports betting stuff. And they go, what what would you recommend? I said, if you really want to take it seriously, I mean, that uh, DFS offers you, you know, you know, just like poker, you're playing against other people. But if you just want to have some fun and lose the least amount of money, it's sports betting is way better for you because yeah. at worst case scenario, you get like you're at like you're it's like you're playing blackjack hands, like minus one and a half percent. As long as you get the best number, right, and bet whatever you want and you, and have some fun. And if you want to if you want to get an odd screen and maybe get a little bit of that, fine, if you want to do that. But DFS in and of itself, I, I'm not declaring it dead. I just think more and more of the liquidity is better and the the players that are either equal to each other or better significantly better than the field and that number of like truly bad players that's the stuff that's going down and down so that's why to me what i'm monitoring more than how good you know brian's lineups are compared to mine it definitely matters you, you see that tweet i sent you davis got the actual numbers there it's it's uh in 2021, there was four million total prize pool for tomorrow, four hundred seventy-three thousand oh, yeah. spots uh, available. Only four hundred eight filled, so they took a little bath on that one. Then last year was three million; they dropped it a mill, three hundred fifty-six thousand spots, three hundred forty-five filled, so they got close to filling, but still lost fifty, sixty thousand. And then this year, it's two point five million total prize pool and 297,000 spots. So a drop of another 60,000. And I guess, I guess the, I mean, this comes back to the even larger conversation, which is that DFS has even compared to poker, like you poker players complain, uh, poker players complain about shitty prize structure. And then you look at the prize <laughs> structure of any poker tournament as a DFS player. And you're like, Holy shit! I would kill for this. Right? This what is, a flat! This is... The World Series of Poker. They were complaining about. I'm like, wow! What a great flat payout structure, and all the poker players are having a riot. And I Did guess you see it... MLBs yesterday. No, it's. I think it's the worst one ever. It was uh, 2,500 to enter, 50 percent to first. Oh, was that the milli? Was that the the? It was the a milli, milli, yeah, a milli to first. 50 percent to first. What was what was tenth place? I did, I didn't even look. I didn't. Even look. You don't even bother looking. It doesn't I even didn't matter. Pl- I didn't enter it. Didn't look. Uh, but I mean, but the so, difference, so, but Brian, the difference between that type of contest and the NFL five dollar milli or twenty dollar milli, whatever, is that there were like what nine hundred entries into that twenty five hundred dollar contest. Seven hundred. I can't remember. So, so, how yeah. many? How many are truly bad entries? Like, like that type of oh, contest right. doesn't generate. Like, what percentage of the field would you look at their lineup and go, "This has almost no shot at winning." Yeah. I'm assuming now, now can we bring that back cool. to Sims, Jordan, that point back to Sims. I mean, these guys, if they get good at simming 700 man fields and stuff like that, like good luck playing anything over 10 bucks. Mm. You're wasting your fucking money. Which, which goes back, uh, which goes back to the original. I mean, this is like 2015 arguments about DFS, which is that it's even different than poker and so much harder for normies to win because there's no time barrier, right? Phil Ivey couldn't sit and play one, two at some fucking podunk casino in Oklahoma, but Brian can go 
to the NFL lobby and click plus one until his finger bleeds with and 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 have a computer put all his lineups in for him and then not go down out. to the one and two dollar contest. Not the yeah, they limited they limited that pretty pretty solidly. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you can go play you can go play for a, a seventeen dollar first place contest without Brian and Osimo in it. So it's fun, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could play. There's some you can play like three dollars or whatever. Um. It was beautiful back in the day, though. You could just max the the twenty five cent and win one, and they would get so mad. What are you playing our quarters for? Like, sorry, sucker. <laughs> well, I I I think my account's probably close to getting to obviously not a million dollars. They changed net. that. That's not that's not that's not really what they. It's some proprietary algorithm based something. They they changed that to, to okay, make it that's, so they could choose whatever the hell they want. So that's great for me because I don't. MME for anything other than NFL showdown, but I'm way too much of a nit to MME a $15 contest every single night. Davis, Maybe one... So I do. Wait, I... You, you got to wait for what Brian said, because I wouldn't be shocked. This is the first time that I, I will, I will agree with Brian sentiment that he has said on this show or lulls. It may get to a point. This may not be for five years that as this, as this shit goes down, as participation goes down, as people go broke, as people migrate more towards sports betting it may get to the point where DraftKings, but maybe not FanDuel. FanDuel will just let their product die and who cares but i think DraftKings could get to the point where they start limiting winning players they that that they just say that what would even what, what would even be the what would even be the point of that because then uh the money lasts longer for the shitty players right sure yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like the shitty players aren't going to leave enough money on the side. It feels like they they would do a break even calculation where they're they're better to just let the 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 sharp the VIP players duke it out with each other and earn rake that way versus letting all of the losing players lose to each other. It's definitely well, a calculation they'd have to make, but it's yeah. I mean, how many guys win two grand, cash fifteen hundred out, lose the five hundred, and then put the 1500 back on. Like I guarantee you that happens. They're like, Oh, I'm still free rolling 1500. I'll throw another 500 on. Yeah. I'm sure no, but that... I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like the large field stuff. I think they would never limit the large, like the featured contest, the Millie, like go at it, play 150 lineups. We have no problem, but I could see it getting to the point where, uh, we're on a certain, certain slate, certain days. Like they have, well, you can't play any contest that's under $25 that doesn't have at least a 50 K prize pool. So it's like, well, now you can't play the $9 slant anymore. Well, now you can't play the $12 yeah. single entry anymore. Like they start opening stuff up. Well, that's, that's probably fine, right? That's, well, that's probably fine, fine for I, the well, winning players. It's, it's not necessarily fine. I, I think people don't understand that just because you had an edge seven years ago, doesn't mean you have an edge now. So like there, there got, there are people cause I've talked to them that, are like, well, I I played a whole bunch in 2015, 2016, and now I haven't I I've had negative ROI for the past three years, and they can't they can't they can't go down in volume because they're limited. They can't they can't play the dollar they can't play the mini max yeah. they can't play the dollar. It's like their bankroll is still only they only have a five thousand dollar bankroll, but it's right. like they're they can only play contests that are above that, so they get stuck in that spot where. Like, like I can't go. Like, imagine I just oh, I have some medical emergency, something, and next thing you know, my bankroll's gone. 
It's like I can't I can't go to the quarter arcade and do that. I can't play one dollar at Dead's anymore. It, it, yeah. it, it's bullshit, it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, free that market. Great... Caveat emptor. Who cares? That was a great thing about poker back in the day. Like you're running bad. I would do this all the time. Like you're running bad at yeah, five. Running 10, bad, drop down to one down. two. Yeah. Drop down to one two. Play that for a while. You know. Drop down to 51 if you have to, you know, just run in until you start getting good and then go up one, maybe two, take a few shots at two, four. Yeah. You can't, you can't really do that. You can't do that with these, these rules, but they, I mean, that is like, they've already limited, you know, right. They've already said you can't play below a certain amount and all this stuff. So I, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying they're gonna like, it's, that's a pretty com- uh, complicated formula. And I think they're still doing all right. But I don't know. This I, I thought J-Mac, this... I thought on Lulz you found out that J Mac was limited. On his he, DFS account. he he what that he, but J Mac was limited on his DFS account, right? That oh, that I guess his, he was limited. Tell, tell him that, right? Yeah. I think though that was that was uh, possibly voluntary, possibly not. <laughs> who knows? Uh, I know someone. I know someone who tilt was tilting so hard they excluded themselves. And they messaged DraftKings support to like undo it, and they couldn't do it. Okay. They had they had to be excluded because yeah. you know have you you ever you ever see you ever like looked at that button and been like oh what what would happen if I clicked? I've it? never done that. Who does that? Yeah. Well, I think Empire Empire Maker did it for a month back in the day. He was tilting so hard he did it. Speaking of speaking of DFS mysteries, we haven't heard from our boy. He just disappeared, man. Which who? 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 Empire. He's oh, gone, he'll man. Be, he'll, he'll be back for the 2024 election. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's it's uh it's so is, is that though is that the way that we get our edge back, Brian? Do we have to tilt winning players on Twitter enough that they self-exclude? Is that an edge now? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of good players who are already rolling their rolling their play back, right? Not playing as much. Be everyone, you know, like there's a lot you know, of guys I, I, I'm I'm one of I mean of course I'm not a high high volume I I just I just to me I don't even understand I'll I'll play cash games like the first you know a couple of weeks of NFL and then I'll play maybe a little bit just so I could play along with the Gilcast uh because that's my favorite podcast every week to have them tilt over their cash lineups on DraftKings you gonna, like, gonna come on with us this year? No, yeah. I mean, just you, whenever Sammy forgets or Nate is, you know, drowning in his sorrows over some, you know, some David Montgomery he played. We're, him at- we're definitely we're definitely gonna need you a couple times because we're all adults now and we all have to travel and shit. So we're gonna need a fill in a couple times this right. year. I don't do anything, but I'm saying that I ch- I know you got I, three most, pairs most of, of my volume teams. is I'm I'm I've been doing prize picks and underdog, and uh, sports betting is opening here in Kentucky September 28th, and like. Do I want to battle like two v twos in twenty three man double ups with twelve percent rake when I I I could get this equivalent amount of volume down across books? Do you play? Um, do you play NFL cash, Brian? Uh, usually the beginning of the season, but I don't know if I'm gonna this year. You know, f- keeping it with the Sims topic, that's another. I was gonna thing say, do you run do. Sims for how profitable like a double up could be? I've done that before. I've done that before. Yeah, and so like you could do all sorts of creative things. You know, like run differing projection sets and stuff, and then different fields of various. You know, because really, when you're talking these, you know, ten man, hundred mans, it's not that James Conner will be on seventy percent. He's in seventy out of hundred lineups. 
It's that he'll be in 60 out of 100 or maybe 80 out of 100 or 55 out of 100. And so you can test all these things and measure them. And, um, you know, all sorts of like we've talked about, like this game theory idea of like, uh, you know, is it if if Blender and Davis use a running back in their flex, is it better for me then to use like a pass catcher or a pass catching back? I to- Oh, my God. I wish there was a sim for what, when should you late swap, Brian, if you, I would pay you a hundred dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month. If you could tell me when I should late swap and cash and when I shouldn't, cause that actually would be easy. Cause you could, well, easy. Well, I mean, what the fuck do I know? Simming these double ups. But in my mind, that would be, if you knew what you were doing with math and with computers, that would be easy to input the contest, import the projected points of your opponents, the projected points of your remaining players, the projected cash line based on the information you have up until two o'clock. And you say, should I late swap Cooper cup for, I get uh, Devonte Adams or, or whomever. I, I have that for NBA and it breaks all the time because it's so hard and complicated and the fields are so, so, big. so not easy, not easy. Uh, it would be a lot easier though. And you're the way I think you play, which is like head to heads and, smaller fields and stuff like that. So like, that's just another thing that I was saying, like you look at the Sims right now and blender can be like, Hey, there's still a lot of bad players, but like six months from now, a year from now, they get that late slap swap down for NFL and NBA shit, man, you gotta be paying for that. You know, like that, that's, that's a big game changer. Like they might have to turn back that NBA late swap off if they do that. I mean, look what happened in MMA. I mean, I, I know, I know someone in MMA, that essentially built like a money printing machine. Yeah. And then they turned it. I knew it would be possible because the amount of combinations are so limited. And then once they open it up for late swap and you could see everyone's lineups with the slots available, Mm -hmm. like, like dude, like like, who did that. Yeah. Right. Right. And they're like, I can't believe they turned it off because this would have just printed money. And, and, and listen, MMA and showdowns are just a microcosm of the more complicated problem of classic format. So like Sims should end MMA in showdown in the next six months, in my opinion. Just end it completely. We're dead. It's yeah, you shouldn't play it. Like it's not even months. one lineup. I can't even play one lineup. Well, on I, mean, I, guess could, I guess you can play one line. I, I mean the, the reason uh, are you well, so are you gonna stop playing then? At I, what, prob- probably. I mean, I don't know. Like at one point, Brian, at what point are the Sims that your Sims are competing against someone else's Sims that the rake is just so high? That it that that it's not worth it for anyone to play. I I think they're not doing MMA specifically because of this. Mm-hmm. So like I mean we I've talked with these guys behind the scenes obviously about all this stuff and like we've talked about at doing an MMA sim and I'm like like you can't I mean how can you like if you get a thousand users like you're gonna have to give it will them, be like, a rake lineups draft. and shit it's gonna be a nightmare. Uh and so like they none of them have released an MMA sim. I mean I, Saber Sim has one. Uh, I guess, but they don't have like a do. It's not. It's not. Good. I it's like not their product. Calculating for dupes, but it it's not. Matter. Yeah, it's not great. Right. But I like. I do like their product. I'm not. I'm not shitting on their product. So like, but once they once they put some elbow grease into it, you know, and and maybe and somebody else does, you know, because like the new NFL Showdown Sim has on Stochastic has dupes. It didn't look like it was right to me. I don't know, but and that's a whole nother thing too, right? Like this is the infancy. So I'm saying like six months from now, a year and six months from now, right? So like right now, there's flaws in their their their, their stuff. There's some tricks they don't know. 
uh, if you're a Simbro, you could still be better than them. Uh, you know, all these things, but I'm saying like in the future, like showdown and like showdown, well, we already talked about it. If there's one lineup that should be duped three times, you're hoping it's duped once and you're the only one who has it. And now because they're doing this, it's now duped eight times. Well, guess what? If they do that with all these good, solid kind of lower owned lineups, there's no fucking edge. You're looking at like a perfect market marketplace and like i don't think that's that far off yeah but um, can can't i play one lineup it'll be on a train with 423 people and just tweet the screenshot and be like well i won bro who cares yes. about the dupes yes yeah if who you, cares about the dupes bro i won right i mean just big winners who cares we're about talking, the price we're talking to a millie winner on this podcast <laughs> davis maddock uh so, oh yeah you're correct. right He's, i did I Is he the win. only Millie winner here? You, Brian, you've never, you, you still have not won the Millie. I might have so, split. I actually might have split a Millie the same way. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm telling you guys is to have fun staying poor. I split a million dollars with. I, if I remember correct, it's been a long. It's, well, it's not that long ago. It's because three years ago, uh, I split a million with four hundred some people. I think. Well done. So. I, I am, and I was asleep during it. I woke up, by the way, and that the, the funniest part is that I fell asleep and I woke up. Uh, I mean, obviously I thought I was dead. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the point though, is that is that at what point do the Sims become good enough that it just becomes a chop fest like that to the point that it's not even worth playing? Yeah. MMA and Showdown, it's so easy to conceptualize what I'm talking about, right? Like it's just easy to go like, oh shit, yeah, they're, they're going to get they're going to get this down where there's, there's only 5,000 lineups to pick from anyways, you know, or whatever, depends on the slate size. And then they're going to be like, here's how many dupes about it'll be. And then eventually all this stuff will normalize and they'll adjust their ownership. You know, it, you know, I could hear like the, the, I know ball guys and it's true. If you can make your own projections and ownership better than everyone else, you will still win. And Sims will just help you. It is true. I just think it's extremely rare to be that combination of person. That's like your LeBron James's. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not LeBron James at knowing ball, I don't think. Neither so. am I. I mean I'm not even yeah. Richie James. <laughs> I'm Ricky hey. James Jr. <laughs> we we need to know we need to know for showdown not, tomorrow. Not what, even not even seven his name. receivers not even his on name, the Chiefs are who we're not going to have dupes on the Chiefs showdown because we're not going to know who the hell to throw. Oh, well, that's actually a good example of knowing ball. Like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win in the showdown slate tomorrow for, like, the first time ever because I know ball and I know the Chiefs. Like, maybe I, maybe I won't win, but I have, a, I have a good sense that Brian would be able to put the lineup set that I run in tomorrow, and he'll be like, oh, these are really plus EV. Like, because that's it, – but it's like – I've spent the entire summer drafting best ball teams. The Chiefs are my favorite team. I have real opinions about all of their players and wide receivers. I couldn't, that wouldn't even be true for me about any other NFL team, much less extrapolating that out to trying to do it for Major League Baseball or NBA or whatever. Like it's, it requires like such insane specialization to get that level of ball knowing to make plus EV lines. And that's different than us, Davis, because I didn't, I forgot who played for the Chiefs until three days ago. You're 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 probably going to find some surprise names when you go into. Right. Start Juju, Juju's on the Patriots now, right? Correct. I we've lived such different existences. All right, guys, this has been a long. It's been a long yeah. show. Um, let's wrap. Let's actually let's uh let's end with this. So me and my ball knowing brethren, we're heading into the 2023 season. 
we don't we're not running the sims we maybe we got we got a couple subscriptions we can do some things here or there brian how how do people how do normies how do, how does how does phone shitter guy win in 2023 i would play the best ball uh uh, the 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 day of best ball battle royales or whatever they call them on underdog on, on underdog i and, think that's i think that's a good advice and i mean this is a plug but you know i have a tool that you can draft auto draft and like adjust the rankings and correlation and all all that stuff uh the draftcaddy.com and that's i'm i'm still working on it and improving it but i think i'm going to try to 150 on on sunday uh the the best ball on underdog because like I kind of think of it like you can know ball, but I kind of think of it like back counting and blackjack. So like for people who don't know, like back counting and blackjack is where you stand behind the table behind the seats and count the cards while the dealer's going and only sit down when it's plus EV instead of sitting there and bet- having to bet, even though you don't know what the count is yet. And so like, you know, you could get, kicked out for doing this nowadays but like that wasn't known back in the day and i feel like if you could draft 150 lineups on sunday two hours before kick kickoff by using a tool and multi-tabling i think you kind of get that effect a little bit and i just think the vast majority of stud players aren't playing and i think the the, maybe not the vast majority but many of the stud best ball players aren't even doing they've already they've already drafted they've drafted they're done for the year or they might do like one or two teams just to have a sweat in the battle royale or something so like i, I would do that I, I i'm not opposed to using the sims for a month it's 300 bucks if you can afford it and you're going to play a lot you know this is probably the year to do it so uh I, you know i'm just talking about more like the outlook from six months sure. a year and six months from now so like i, w- I wouldn't be opposed to throw on 300. If you're going to play a heavy amount, you know, you got a decent bankroll, give it a shot. Um, but don't expect it to last for long. That's what I'm doing. Blender. I, I, what I would suggest if you want to, if you want to grind, if you're, if you're a nit, if you're a grinder like me, if you want to get an edge in DFS, it's it's about to get sweaty. Right. And if you want any, but for phone shitters, okay. What you should do, is you get obviously, like you said, you could subscribe to ETR, Stochastic, whoever, Roto Grinders, whatever. You want to play on the weeks where there's a very there are consensus cash lineups, like maybe not one, but there's like oh this guy's out and this guy's in. Everyone's going to be playing this in a two v two, right? And you could predict that, okay? So you want to play those weeks, the weeks where. Oh, you could play 16 different cash lineups. Wouldn't be one of those weeks. So you want to play those weeks, and then you want to enter triple ups and quintuple ups, like three X's and five X's and maybe even 10 X's, because most of the people that play cash contests will throw their cash lineup lineup into those contests. And if you're a phone shitter, bro, so this is, I want to make it so your phone shitting. Right. You're you're not you're not like I'm gonna use an optimizer or anything. It's just like, no, you know what the consensus lineup is. Any lineup that you play that's probably I've simulated this out. Some you can play lineups that are even like 12 points lower projected mean-wise. And as long as there's enough dupes, you want to play the small, like 
11 man triple ups or the 23s, like something where, where you're more likely to get like, like eight people are playing the same two lineups combined. And like, if you beat one or two of their lineups, you triple or can tuple up your money. So you can just sit on the toilet and just play, play whoever you want at that point. Like, as long as you're within reason, you're not just like mashing buttons. Like, dude, you, you could play a 5v5 off that lineup that's six points lower projected. Your ROI in that contest will be like like five times the amount of anyone else in the contest just because everyone else is a 2v2 off each other and everything like that. So you don't even have to look at projections at that point, even though play something reasonable. I think that that is the way to take advantage of people that are playing contests not optimally for those specific contests. But can you do that at the highest level? Probably not, but on a small bankroll, you can probably get $500 worth of volume, no problem. And your expected ROI for those contests are going to be ginormous over anything else that you could possibly play. And your variance will be low. That's there good advice. Go. He, said tri- he said triple ups too, not three mans. Three right. mans you do not want to play in any format and anything in DFS. No, you're probably getting cheated. Don't yeah. don't play three mans. You're probably getting cheated. There you um, go. All right, guys. Brick. 75.com rotogrinders.com you can also if you just love the dulcet tones of jordan cooper you can listen to him on the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast and you also what you have a youtube channel or a wrestling podcast which which well, I got one a is youtube it? channel i got my youtube channel uh i do i do a show at noon i'm also doing stupid saturdays this this year for nfl and then rotogrinders 11 o'clock in the morning rotogrinders today which is kind of like a DFS and sports betting and prop betting morning show. I converted that from the pregame show. So if you type in Jordan Cooper into YouTube, you'll find me all over the place. There we go. All right, guys, we are going to get out of here. I will be back next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.